thank you. It's truly a blessing to assemble together with the saints. And so I'm so grateful that you all have joined in with us uh, for this Bible study session and teaching tonight. I really, really believe the Lord is going to speak to us and give us exactly what we need uh, to be able to move forward and help us to develop in the area of our faith. All right. It's 705. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you for this moment, for this time that you've given us to share in your word. We pray, oh God, that you would move in a special and miraculous way, that you would speak directly to our hearts and our minds. Give us wisdom, direction, and instruction. Help us to understand and comprehend what your word instructs. Give us the confidence and the boldness to apply this word to our lives. In Jesus' name, Father, now hide me behind your cross that your people might see, hear, and receive what it is you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you so much for joining us tonight for Word and Worship on this, uh, the 29th of May, Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day to all of you. I hope you've all enjoyed your day. You've gotten some rest, caught up with family and friends, and just been able to kind of recoup. Uh, we celebrated Pentecost Sunday on yesterday. So for those of us, those of you that were in worship uh, yesterday, I hope you had a high time in the Lord, singing, shouting, and dancing with your red and your white on. Amen. We're so grateful for you all being there. Also, um, I want to, by way of announcement, of course, remind you that every Wednesday at 7 a.m., we will have our prayer call uh, at 7 a.m. every Wednesday. We want you to join us via conference line. The phone number is 351-999-3285. My wife has been doing a phenomenal job with word and prayer, uh, impartation as well as prayer. On the line, maybe 15 minutes at max. You will not miss your whole morning and you still have the opportunity to get where you are going if you want to work. Take the kids to school. We want you to start that day off in prayer and in praise. We know that the foundation of everything we have, everything we need is in our relationship with God. So we are committing to prayer. Uh, we will do fasting as well. Maybe not every Wednesday, but when the Lord instructs us to do so. This past Wednesday, we fast uh, throughout the day for mental and emotional health. The Lord impressed upon my heart that it was necessary for us to go to him and minister to him and have him minister to us in this specific area. Um, that there are so many of us that are saved, that are a part of the body of Christ, that are struggling mentally and emotionally. Hallelujah. And God said that if we can go to him, if we can get our mind right, he can help us with our emotions and we'll be able to balance those too. So join us Wednesday morning for prayer and impartation at 7 a.m. I'd like to also give you the opportunity for those that have partnered with the ministry to sow tonight. Uh, so whether it is your tithe, if this is your week to tithe, please do so. If this is just your time that you would like to sow and give an offering, you can do so. Of course, the fastest way uh, that you can do that is by going to the website at www.thelighthousecot.com. We have Givelify. You can find us on Givelify at the Lighthouse Church Charlotte, INC. Uh, Cash App is dollar sign Lighthouse CLT. And then the Zell is the Lighthouse Church Charlotte, INC. You can give any of those three ways. I want you to be found giving and give liberally in Jesus' name. We understand that it most certainly takes money to do ministry. And we have so much ministry that we want to do. There's so many things that we want to accomplish and we need your help to do that. So please take this moment, get your card, your debit card, however you decide to give. If you would like to sow, we would love for you to sow and partner with us in ministry. Uh, the last few days I've been in conversation with real estate agents who uh, we are getting ready to look for a building. It's time to get started. It's time to build kingdom and to work and work diligently. So we need your help to be able to do that. So sow and be in prayer with us as we maneuver through these uh, next few months, moving towards the official launch of the Lighthouse Church Charlotte, where we shed light, show love, and spread the word. We want you to be a part of everything that we have going on. Uh, we will be back at the hotel next Monday. We just took this week to kind of uh, be home since it's a holiday when everybody to be with their families. But thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us tonight. Those are my pastoral announcements, I guess is what you want to call them. <laughs> Let's jump right into the word. Uh, Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five. 
I'm going to read verses one through five for you from the, the, the Living Bible. I love this translation, and I may reread it again from King James, just because that's what we are most familiar with. Uh, but if you have your Bibles, if you get your Bibles, thank you for your giving. Receive this blessing in Jesus' name. Um, Romans chapter five, verse one through five. I can't see you, but if you tell me you got it, I believe you got it. Let's see. Let's check and see if y'all got your word. Y'all got your scripture? Amen. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead and put it in there. Say, I got the word. <laughs> Very Baptist in there. Right? Go ahead and say, I got the word. I have it. There we go. Mama G's, good to see you tonight. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Love you all. Love you all. All right. Romans chapter five, verses one through five from the Living Bible. <clears throat> it says, so now since we have been made right in God's sight by faith in his promises, we can have real peace with him because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. For because of our faith, he has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to actually becoming all that God had in mind for us to be. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. Put that in the chat. This was good for me. They help us learn to be patient. And patience develops strength of character in us and helps us trust God more each time we use it until finally our hope and faith are strong and steady. Verse five. Then when that happens, we are able to hold our heads high no matter what happens. And know that all is well. For we know how dearly God loves us. And we feel this warm love everywhere within us. Because God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The word of the Lord is already blessed. I want to read that from the King James Version. Um, New King James Version. Just to give us a little bit of a variety in in how this conversation goes. This is the New King James Version, chapter five, verse one through five. Therefore, have been, have been, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we can stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. That's the word of the Lord for us tonight. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of history, a little bit of background, and then we're going to dive into this revelation that God gave me uh, regarding faith. So uh, 14 of the 27 books in the New Testament have traditionally been attributed to Paul. Seven of the Pauline epistles are undisputed by scholars as being authentic uh, with varying degrees of arguments about the remainder. The main source of information uh, of Paul's life and work is in the Acts of the Apostles uh, with approximately half of its content documenting all of them. Uh, Paul lives, according to Acts now, Paul lived as a Pharisee and participating in the persecution of early disciples of Jesus, possibly Hellenized diaspora Jews, converted to Christianity. Uh, but then one day the Bible says that it was about midday and on the road to Damascus, a light brighter than the sun shone around, around both him and all of the people that were with him and uh, they were knocked off of their beast and he was blinded. Three days later, the Bible says that he receives his sight or his sight is restored by Ananias of Damascus. Now, after these specific events, Paul then was baptized 
and begin immediately proclaiming that Jesus was the Jewish Messiah and the Son of God. Uh, studies show and prove here that during the winter of 57 to 58 AD, Paul was in the Greek city of Corinth. And from there, he writes the longest letter in the New Testament, uh, which is when he addresses, uh, which he addresses to God's beloved at Rome, uh, according to Romans 1 and 7. Romans was the last written of the seven New Testament letters that modern scholars attribute to Paul and has been seen as a summary of Paul's thought, composed as his career moved towards his conclusion. This Roman church was not founded by Paul, even though he found a lot of churches in the New Testament. This particular Roman church was not founded by Paul, but some of his acquaintance that lives there. So in this letter, he provides his most detailed summary of the good news of Jesus Christ. Paul introduces himself in this letter to the followers in Rome, who he likely included the new Gentile Christians and the Roman Christians who were early kicked out of Rome due to conflict. We land here now in the fifth chapter of Romans, uh, where Paul talks to them about justification through faith. Now, by definition, justification means to be made right or righteous in the sight of God. So Paul introduces himself, but he also gives them the good news associated with being a follower of Christ. Herein lies our topic. So uh, this series was entitled, I'm Faith in It. But we're going to put a subtopic or a title on this particular message, uh, and it's entitled, Faith Got Me Right. Go ahead. So put that in the, the text thread there. Send it to somebody that may be watching or probably should be right watching and tell them faith got me right. Uh, it's a term. It's a phrase that we've used a few times. Anytime I go to the barbershop, my barber's like, what, what you need me to do? And I'm like, just get me right. And so when I was looking at this text and I looked up the definition for justification and it means to be made right with God, um, the Lord said, faith got you right. You've been wrong, but faith got you right. So go ahead and put that in there where you can even clap your hands and rejoice before we get ready to get started into the rest of this, uh, because faith is the reason that we are here today. And I'm going to show you how. So let me ask you this question. Aren't you glad? You should be glad. You should be glad because I'm extremely glad that being accepted by God is not attached to works. It's not attached to deeds or merits. You should be really glad that there's no Lippmann's test needed for God's grace and his love, considering that we all sin daily and fall short of the glory of God. It is comforting to know that he's given us a gift that gets us right in his eyes. As we've talked about this before, faith is a gift from God. You can't pay for faith. There's nothing you can do to acquire faith. God gives it freely. But it is our job to manage that faith and maintain it. According to the text, he gives us the very thing needed to be justified. He gives us the faith, then he justifies us with it. He doesn't make us come up with our own tools to fix situations that we're in. Rather, in 1 Peter 5 and 7, it says that you have the opportunity, the ability to cast all of your cares on him because he careth for you. He gives us the right and the opportunity to relinquish every weight, all baggage, every circumstance, every trial, every tribulation into his hands. God wants us to deliver. He wants to deliver us from carrying the things that we should be casting and putting in his hand. He wants us to believe in the gift that he's given us, not just for materialism, but for safety and security in him. God wants us to utilize this gift in every area of our lives. We're talking about faith. This faith, this gift of faith that God has given us, he says to me in the spirit that we have been underutilizing faith by only attaching it to materialistic things, by only calling and using faith when it seems 
common or something that we're used to dealing with. It's common to have faith and use it when uh, it's time to apply to something, when it's time for you to apply for a job or apply for a loan. It's it's common for us to use faith in those moments. It 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 it, it seems like it makes sense when it's time to step out and do something that we're we've been reluctant to do. It's common to use the gift of faith when you're experiencing health challenges and the doctors are at a loss and out of options. We know to pull on faith in those moments, but can you have faith needed to believe that you deserve the house that you didn't build or the land that you didn't till? Do you have the faith needed to go back to the place of your biggest mistake and forgive yourself? Do you have the faith to look at your offender in the face and accept an apology that you'll never get? Faith is not limited to believing God for stuff. Faith is needed for you to get through life. You need faith to navigate every test, to navigate every trial. You need faith to get you through every crisis that we experience on a daily basis. Some of us, have been attacked every single day. And like I told you last week when we had this conversation about faith, it has never been the attack of the enemy on your stuff, on your resources, on your family, on your friends, on your relationships. It has been an attack on your faith. And we understand now that by virtue of the fact that we are justified through faith, that faith is the tool, it's the gift from God that makes us right in his sight. It makes sense now that the enemy would try to attack your faith. He's after the gift that keeps you in relationship with God. So whatever attacks we are facing now has been with the purpose of trying to get us separate and separated and disconnected and distant from God. Because the truth is when we are going through situations and we are not strengthened in our faith in our relationship with God, it forces us into a dark place of questions, questioning and concerns. And that's not a place that you normally find yourself in when you're trying to believe God and have faith. You don't run to prayer. You don't run to your word. You don't run to the church house. But normally we run to people who's going to pacify whatever situation we're in or going to sympathize with us without there being any real change. So the enemy knows that if I can get you out of faith, if I can get you out of a place in God where you can hear from him and he can hear from you. Because the only way that you're going to be delivered through certain things is if you ask. Jesus says, the word of God says, whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you. But if you don't have the faith to ask, then you're going to stay in that place that you've been in, the place of discomfort, the place of dis-ease, the place of uh, unfamiliarity. You'll stay in the place called stuck because you don't have the faith to ask God for what you really want. He says, I want you to use faith in every area of your life. You don't have that faith. We need that faith. He says, you need faith to get you through life. You need faith to help you navigate through every test and trial and every situation. You need faith to be able to get you through everything that you go through. We use this phrase so loosely now, and we say life is lifing, and you know, it's very Monday today, and it could be a Thursday, you know, and we use this to express that we're either overwhelmed and confused or completely over the season that we're in. But do you know that faith is a decree? Do you know that to have faith, you have to have faith to decree to decree a thing in your life, to, to say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. You, you, you need to have faith to decree that you're not being punished, but you're in process. You, you need faith to be able to say with confidence that weeping may endure for a night. But joy is guaranteed to come in the morning. We, 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 we are so easy to confess that we're going through and we have situations that are beyond our controls and we are completely over life, myself included. But we need faith to be able to speak the promises of God that he's placed in the word of God and has revealed to us in time. And what we need to be able to do in this moment is pull on that gift of faith so that we can be pulled out of the place of darkness, the place of pain, the place of depression and lowliness, so that we can get back to a place of peace and praise and worship with God. Look at somebody and tell him, faith got me right. I'm not going to be too much longer here. He says, but joy is guaranteed to come in the morning. Your faith 
should be strong enough to believe you deserve deliverance from a season you got yourself into. Blew my mind when I heard it. Blew my mind. I have been limiting faith to stuff. And the Lord said, your faith should be strong enough to believe that you deserve deliverance from a season that you got yourself into. Now, this conversation is a little different from how we've talked in the last few weeks. You know, I was in prayer and the Lord said to me, I want you to believe me for the things uh, that you don't think you should have. He says, I want you to believe me for the stuff that you don't think you deserve. He says, I need you to have faith for the forgiveness of sins. Watch this, that you still commit. Lord, help us. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back of the room. He says, I want you to have faith for the forgiveness of the sins that you still commit. He said, real faith, real faith says that God, I'm still in my mess, but I believe you're going to cover me. That's transparency. That's honesty. That's honesty with God to be able to say, I'm still struggling and working through things. I'm still trying to figure out how to be better today than I was yesterday. But my faith tells me that your grace is sufficient. My faith tells me that your blood still covers a multitude of my sins, that your love is covering me, that you're keeping me afloat while I am sinking and drowning myself in my own sorrows. The spirit of the Lord is going to lift me up. Faith gives us confidence in knowing that he that has begun a good work even when we mess it up, it's still able to perform it. God says, I want you to have the peace of God. I want you to have the understanding that whatever you got going on, I can handle it. Look at somebody around you, because I know somebody in the house with you. Tell yourself, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, faith got me right. Faith got me right. Faith got me right. He says, I want you to believe me for what you don't think you deserve. He says, I believe that you're going to make sure that I get out of this. You got to have faith enough in God to know that he has what it takes to get you out of what you got yourself into. Because the truth is, some of the traps and the tricks and things that we are dealing with right now are not a product of outside sources. Some of what we are experiencing right now is because we just made bad decisions. But God says your bad decision is your decision, but it's not a final one. I am the God that delivers you. And even though you're there, if you're in the lowest pit, I can still come and get you out. But it takes faith to be able to understand that and digest it and be able to walk in that truth, to walk in that fact that God is still, that God still has the power to get you out of whatever you're in. He says, I want you to use your faith for what it's worth. I've given you this gift without you having to do anything for it. I have no expectation for you to do anything to obtain or achieve this faith. I'm giving it to you because I know that this is what you're going to be able to, this is what you're going to need to be able to navigate through these next seasons of your life. He says, I need you to use your faith to handle your depression, to handle those suicidal thoughts. I need you to pull your faith out to deal with the fact that you don't feel like you deserve what I have for you. So I've currently been in a place where I, I hadn't really asked God for anything material in my prayer time. This is true. Uh, but I've been asking for peace. Somebody say, Lord, give me peace. I really do believe, I really believe that God can give me what I want and he can supply my needs uh, uh, and everything that I ask for, because he's the God that says, I'll, I will supply your needs. I'll give you the desires of your heart. I believe that. But in this season, what I really need is peace. Because some situations aren't changing. Some problems are not going away, at least not immediately. But if he gives me peace in it, I believe I'll be able to endure through it. Come on, somebody. If he gives me peace where I am, I might not like where I am. I might not like it, but at least I know for sure that he's with me in it. We know this from the book of Daniel. The Bible says in the book of Daniel that the three Hebrew boys were uh, sentenced to the fiery furnace. The Bible says that they, they got so angry that they turned the fire up seven times hotter than its normal temperature. 
it was so hot that the soldiers that put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, they burned up and died. The Bible says that when they looked in the fire, one of the leaders there said to the king, he says, King, did not we throw three men bound in the fire? He says, it's four men in there, and the fourth one looks like the son of God. And the revelation the Lord gave me was that there's sometimes that he won't get you out of the fire, but he'll take the heat out of the flame. Lord, help me tonight. He says, some situations I'm going to let you live in, but I'm going to get in there with you. We have a God that's not afraid to get in the trenches with us, that's not afraid to be in the fire with us. The reason that some of us or all of us are surviving some of the most tumultuous storms that we are surviving right now is not because of your pedigree or your background. It's not because of your last name or where you come from or what school you went to. It's not because you might have a hood mentality or you could be a little bit on the ratchet side. It's not because you know how to fight and stand up for yourself, but it's because you have a God that says, I'm going to be with you even until the end of the world. He says, I'm going to walk with you and talk with you. I'm going to provide for you and tell you that I am your own. And not only am I going to be there, but I got two friends called goodness and mercy that shall follow you all the days of your life. He says, I'm going to, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to be right there. We have a God that says, even though you don't like where you are, you might be extremely uncomfortable with your circumstance. You might really want to be delivered out of it, but it might not be time yet because there's still some stuff that I'm trying to get out of you, some stuff that I'm trying to get to you. And we know that the anointing can only come when the olive is being crushed. So we are going through these crushing seasons and trying to figure out why, trying to figure out how long it's going to take for us to get from here to there. And God says, I don't necessarily want to give you a time frame, but I just want to be there with you so that when you do get there, you can appreciate the miracle. You can appreciate the blessing. You can appreciate and value the relationship because you know what it feels like to be without. He says, I want you to let your faith work for you in this season and believe that not only am I going to deliver you, but I'm going to be with you while you're in it. God, I feel your help here. That's where I've been. I've been asking God for peace. And he showed me that text with Daniel and I've preached it a thousand times over and I've read the text and studied it. He says, he says, he says, I ain't got to take y'all out of the fire, but I can take the heat out of the flame. You, This is an element that I control. You, 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 you have a God that says, I control everything. I have everything in my hand. I control every issue, every circumstance, every problem that you face. He says, it's in my hand to control and no weapon formed against you will be able to prosper. I control the blacksmith that treads the coal. I am the one that's orchestrating things behind the scene. You saw it in the book of Job. You saw it. You saw the meeting between God and the devil. And God asked him, where are you coming from? And he says, I'm going to and fro in the earth, seeking whom I may destroy and devour. And God suggests Job and said, have you considered my servant Job? And the devil says to God, I have, but you won't take your heads of protection off of him. And God gives him permission to touch his resources and to touch the stuff that he has, but not to touch his soul. God says, I'm in control of everything, but you got to have faith to know that I will never put more on you than you can bear. You got to have the faith that knows that I will never give you more than you can handle. And even if I did, I'm still giving you the opportunity again from Peter 5 and 7 to cast all of those cares on me. He says, you can give me the weight because I can handle it. You can put on me what you don't want to carry. You can come to me in faith, in prayer and say, Lord, I don't want this and I'll take it from you. But you got to have the faith to believe that he's a God that's going to do it, not just for anybody, but do it for you. Do you have the faith to say God can do for me what I've seen him do for my mother, what I've seen him do for my father, what I've seen him do for other people? Do you have the faith that confirms to God, that proves to the enemy that we may rock and we may reel, but we won't fall down. We'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Somebody shall give me peace. I really don't even need to understand the season. And this is, this is where spiritual maturity comes in. So it's a developmental process, okay? So I don't want you to feel bad if this is not your mindset yet. I'm growing to this place. So I want to share with you what I'm walking through right now. 
I don't really need to understand the season anymore. I, I don't even need to understand it. Sometimes I've asked God questions and I'm like, God, why, 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 why is this happening? Show me this, show me this, show me this. And I'm realizing that I'm not getting the answers that I feel like I should get. And, 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 and I realize, you know what? I don't need to understand the season if he gives me peace in it. Lord, help me. If he just gives me peace where I am, I'm not even concerned about understanding it. Because if I know he's with me, whether I understand it or not, I'm going to be all right. Are you with me? Come on. I can't see you talking. Let me see who's talking to me in here. Uh, who got something to say? Because this is, this is, this is where we are. This is what we're dealing with. He says, you might not, you might not be able to understand the season, but if you know that I'm with you, come on. If you understand that he's with you in the storm, if you know that he's with you in the fire, not even being able to understand it, you can still rejoice and have a peace with God because you know that you are not by yourself. Come on, tap yourself on the chest and shout, I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone in this. We've lost friends. We've lost love. We have people that don't understand where we are. We have people that can't genuinely empathize with our circumstance, but we have a God who can, who has all understanding, who knows everything about what we're dealing with. He's felt every pain, every struggle. He's been through every experience and he did it before us for us. Come on. God says, I've already been through this and I went through this because I wanted to make sure that I understood all of your moans and your groans. I understand everything that you can't comprehend, that you can't verbalize. I wanted you to know that I get it. God says, I get it. We got too many people in our lives that don't get it. But God says, I'm here and I understand. But I need you to have the faith enough to trust me with what you don't want to verbalize. I need you to have faith enough to trust me when you don't feel like it's going to work. That's one of the biggest issues that we have. We've been going through so many different things in our days that we don't think faith is going to work for us. But we've been limiting faith to stuff and not applying it to our lives. God says, correct the error so I can show up for you and be there for you the way you really need me to. The way you depend on your friends, the way you depend on your job, the way you depend on your car to get you from A to B. Is the magnitude of faith that you should be depending on God to get you through every test and trial, every tribulation, every circumstance. You should be depending on God in that regard to get me through whatever I'm in, to help me develop in the area of my weakness. You should be using faith to decree that I can be delivered, that I don't need substance to overcompensate for the lack of peace and joy. I don't have to smoke. I don't have to drink. I don't have to find someone to sleep with in order to feel valued. I can have faith in God because that faith provides peace. That peace provides perseverance. He says this season of your life that you have experienced attack, hear me in the spirit tonight, the season of your life that you are experiencing attack has been with the purpose of you being disconnected from God. The enemy is trying every trick possible to disconnect you from the source that's justified you, that's made you right. Think about it. Think about it. The cross, the crucifixional experience of Jesus dying on the cross was for the purpose of the remission of our sins. It was for the purpose of protecting us and bringing us back into fellowship with God since the sin in Genesis. Since Adam and Eve ate the fruit, we have lived in sin. The Bible says that we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity because of that sinful experience. Ever since then, the enemy has been doing whatever he could to disconnect us from God. And he's been using our faith, which is our connection to him, to be able to disconnect us from our source. So when Paul talks about being justified through faith, when he introduces this concept to the Roman church while he's in Corinth, and he says to them that God has been 
has given you this gift called faith. He says, you've been justified through it. You have been made right. Faith got you right with God. Hallelujah. Faith, and I, if, if, if I could dance right now, I will. I would. Because let me tell you how powerful that is to know that God has given you the very thing that connects you to him. You didn't have to find it anywhere. It didn't come because you got baptized. It didn't come because you went to an apostolic church or a Baptist church or a Methodist church. It didn't come because you tarried with the Lord all night long and you begin to speak in tongues as we did yesterday in Pentecost. It didn't come because of that. He said, wrong, messed up, down, downtrodden, lost, lonely, confused. I'm giving you faith to bring you back into right fellowship with me. And I need you to use that faith and apply it to every area of your life. Somebody tell anybody around you, faith got me right. I feel wrong. I feel like I'm not in the place that I want to be in, but thank God for the gift of faith. And this gift cannot be taken away. The enemy is trying hard, but I promise you, if you get up every day and be determined to believe God for what you need, if you get up every day and determined to believe God for the peace and the tranquility that you need to be able to get through your day, if you get up every single day and believe God to give you sleep, it's going to be strengthened. I need peace with God. So Paul says that we've been justified by faith and have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say this for free. Let me say this for free. God is not your enemy. Yeah, I'm almost done. Get that in your spirit. God is not your enemy. Some of us are angry with God because we lost a loved one, maybe, because we're grieving a situation or relationship. And we're angry with God because we say, okay, God is in full control. All of this is because of him. Everything we do, everything we have is because of God and blah, 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 blah. And these are the conversations that we have within ourselves. And we don't realize that this negative self-talk that these damning words that we speak are, are, are really the tricks, traps, and mechanisms of the enemy that try to penetrate our heart and our soul to tell us or try to make us believe that God is not the author of this or that God is the author of it, rather. So what happens is in these light-dimming conversations that the enemy has with us, he tries to make us believe that God is the true enemy. Mm. Let that sit. I'm almost through. But, but, but let that sit in your spirit. How many conversations have you had with yourself that you've made God the enemy? I keep thinking, that's a great head, Jesus. How, how many? Sorry, y'all. How many Times y'all know I don't normally look at myself, so this is really different for me. I'm, I feel like I'm talking to myself here, which is probably why this message is tearing me up. Okay, because where I currently am, this is in total transparency. Where I where I currently am, I got a lot of questions, a lot of questions, and I'm trying to figure out what God want me to do. What's next? Where are we going from here? Got a situation right now on my job, and I'm like, I don't understand what's going on right now. And in my prayer time, I'm like, God, is this your way of frustrating me to change so that I can move and do something else? Or or, or am I being tested to see how I'm going to respond? That if I'm going to believe you to deliver me and get me through this without going to jail? Y'all don't want to be honest tonight. You know, peace. He says you have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Paul says you've been justified by faith. You've been made right through faith. Your sins were nailed to the cross. Your transgressions blotted out with the blood of the lamb. And you now have peace with God. You can be at peace. Listen to this, y'all. You can be at peace knowing 
that the weapons formed, but God wouldn't let them work. You know that God is keeping you from dangers, seen and unseen, right now. You know, you 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 know how quickly we could be in heart attack or stroke right now because of the amount of pressure and stress that we deal with on a consistent basis. But He's protecting us from dangers, seen and unseen, the mistakes that we make, the pitfalls that we make. The things that we do that God has been protecting us. Some of us are on medication and don't take our medication as consistently as we should. I'm not pointing at me. I'm pointing at the shadow behind me. Some of us are in error because we don't take the best care of ourselves. But he is not allowing the weapons of the enemy that have been formed and aimed to work. He said, you can have peace knowing that no weapon form will be able to work. You should have peace in knowing that those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. You can have peace knowing that he's going to give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaven is God is your spiritual wardrobe consultant. I just made that up, but y'all can tag it. Hashtag he's my spiritual uh, wardrobe consultant. God is going to change your clothes. He's going to lift you up. He's going to get you out of whatever you're in. He's going to deliver you from that place of dis-ease and discomfort. But he needs you to have the faith necessary to be able to do it. He needs you to believe that he's going to give you the desires of your heart and meet you at the point of your need. He says you got to have a peace. You, need, you should have peace and knowing that God is going to do the work that no one else can. Faith has the ability. Faith has brought us back into right fellowship with God. It's giving you a place of safety. It's giving you a place of security. It's now providing provision. And you have a place in God that you can hide. You got a place in God that you can go. They say you can run to the rock that is higher. You have a place in God that you can go when things get difficult. We like to disappear. We like to be in company of people that are in the same boat that we're in. But God says, I want you to run to me. I want you to have faith enough in my ability, in my power, in my love for you that I'm going to deliver you out of whatever you're in. And until I deliver you, I'm going to be in there with you. I'm getting too excited. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for being the God that may not pull me out, but you'll get in with me. Thank you. He says, I want you to use your faith to undergird this mindset. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He wants us to apply this faith so that we can get from one place to the next. Our season that we're in, this season called stuck, if we want to call it that, it's not because God doesn't want to take us somewhere. It's not because God doesn't want to do something else for us. It's not that, it's not because he doesn't have a future and a hope and a plan already established for us. It's because we don't believe it. Think about it. What if the reason, the true reason that we are still where we are when we want to move is because we don't believe God wants to do it for us or can? What if you're in your own way? What if your, your slowfulness to believe or your lack of faith is the reason that the blessings of the Lord that make rich and add no sorrow have not stopped at your house? You got to change your confessions. You got to start using words of affirmation. You got to start speaking over your day, declaring and claiming your day and your week and your month and your finances. You need to start speaking over your money. You need to make better decisions. You, me, us, we need to make better decisions with what God gives us. He says, if you be faithful over a few, I'll make you ruler over many. That's a question of stewardship. But if you steward this properly, then he can give you more. If we learn how to manage here, he can give us more. But you got to have faith for what's here. 
and faith to know that this is still just the beginning. God has greater. He has more. He has an abundance. He has so much that he says your cup will run over. But you got to believe God to be able to provide that for you. Why are we not believing? This series this month on faith. Listen, we have been getting testimonies of God opening doors and providing. We have people that are moving into new residencies, people that are receiving new jobs and new opportunities are coming their ways because they've been applying faith to their lives. It's not because of my teaching, but because we're being opened up and made aware of the benefits of faith. And we are using faith. This is not about prosperity. We're not talking about money. We're just talking about peace and tranquility. We're talking about basic things that you can't buy, that you can't see with the naked eye. We need to be using faith for the stuff that you can't pay for. Because if we can get our minds right, if we can get our hearts in check, if we can get our spirits in alignment with the plan and the purpose of God for our lives, he says he's going to add all of that stuff. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto us. He's going to give you everything you need if you spend this time focusing on him. If you spend this time believing him for what he has. I'm almost through. I'm almost through. Where was I at? He says, you have a place in God where the blood of the lamb, this was huge to me. When the Lord said it to me when I was praying earlier today, he said, you have to have enough faith to know that you have a place in God that you can put the blood of the lamb on your doorpost and the death angel will have to pass over. Faith is believing that God can and he will protect you, that he will provide for you, that he will do for you what no one else can and no one else will. Paul says we can now glory. Look at this, y'all. This is in the scripture. He says we can now glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character in hope. He says, faith, please get this. This is, this is, this is really what, what blessed me when I was reading this particular text and I've never seen it before like this. He says, faith is helping you develop what fear tried to keep you from. I should fall out. <laughs> I'm kidding. I won't fall out. Faith is going to help you develop what fear tried to keep you from. Character, hope, and perseverance. You don't learn that in school. You don't buy that at the Dollar Tree. Character, hope, and perseverance. He says this faith is developing you in these three areas. As you build your faith, it's growing you up. God help me tonight. As you build your faith, faith is growing you up. It's helping you to develop in the area of your character, your perseverance, and your ability to believe. It's bringing you closer to the Father while drawing him closer to you. Faith ends up being what I like to call a spiritual magnet. It's bringing us closer into the, into the fellowship with God and bringing him closer to us. It's causing us to be closer to him. It's causing him to be closer to us. Faith is the vehicle that's trans, that transports you out of one season and into another. God says, I'm not going to let your car take you to the better, the greater, the more powerful and faithful. It's going to be your faith. Faith is getting ready to take you into the best season of your life. The season that we talk about how uh, 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 there's a season to cry, the season to laugh, that the season to sow and then the season to reap. This season that we've been sowing in tears, we get ready to be transported and move through faith into a season of reaping. Faith is going to get you right every single time. Every time, every time you need God, he's going to show up. Hallelujah tonight. Every time you call him, he's going to answer your prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Every time you lean into him, he's going to meet you at the point of your need. You might not even get an answer when you pray, but if you pray in faith, he's, I promise you, if you pray in faith, he's going to give you a peace where you are. 
to be able to deal with where you're going and what you're dealing with. What decisions have you made while you were going through your trial, your tribulation that pushed you away from prayer? What are you dealing with right now? What are you dealing with right now? And what was your answer? What was your recourse? What did you decide to do? Go ahead and be convicted. Go ahead and be convicted. Did you pray about it? Did you consult God about it? The song said, turn it over to the Lord. He worked it out. Oh, yeah. Jesus can work it out. Did you give it to the Lord? Did you turn it over to God? Or did you stew in it? Did you let the feelings and the emotional trauma of your circumstance dig you into a pit of depression, sadness, and pain? We have this gift called faith that gives us the right to put every problem and every circumstance in God's hand. But we take that faith and we put it on the shelf. And we pull it out for other people. If you got somebody in your life that's going through, you come in the kitchen, you get your faith out of the cabinet and you apply the faith to their lives, but you won't apply it to yours. You got somebody that's dealing with something, you take your faith and you apply it to whatever their circumstance is and then you put it back and then you live in this place of darkness, pain and pressure and depression and you don't use that same faith that you gave to somebody else for your own circumstance, your own situation. What are we doing? Why do you live like that? Why are we living like this? Why are we accepting less when God has more? Why are we doing that? Because somewhere along the way, the enemy told us that that faith ain't for that. Somewhere along the way, the enemy said to us that your faith is not going to work for you. He gave you this gift, but that gift might need to be renewed because you've been out of the fellowship. You, you, you ain't been in relationship with God. You've been far from him. You ain't been to church, whatever. You ain't giving, you ain't sowing. Whatever the logic is, whatever the enemy may try to tell you, he may try to tell you all kinds of stuff and he'll use these words and these little tests and these little trials and all this little stuff that he puts in your way to tell you that your faith is not strong enough and your faith is not where it needs to be, that your faith is not quality enough uh, uh, to be able to get you through whatever it is you're dealing with. The devil is a lie. The faith, the power of faith that God gave you, the gift of faith that he gave you is still sure, it's still active, it's still uh, uh, necessary, it's still valid, it still has everything you need in it to help you navigate through every test and every trial and everything you're doing, but you got to use you got to pull on that faith, you got to call on that faith, you got to open up that jar and use it. Every opportunity you get, you need to be speaking faith over your own life. Teach your kids how to speak faith. Teach your family how to speak faith. You need to have faithful conversations with people that are in relationship with you so that you know, they know how to use the God that we have. Here's what's interesting about talking about faith. If you talk in confidence about faith with someone else, it strengthens yours. So I was talking to God and I said, now, how do we do this here? So now, now let me let me just say this before I forget. So yesterday we just celebrated Pentecost on yesterday. It's Pentecost Sunday, which was the infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is that same Holy Spirit that Paul mentions here in, in the fifth verse when he says that we'd have the love of God poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, okay? And that hope does not disappoint. Help me here. Look at these promises. Hope does not disappoint. He said that there are promises, there are promises here in this text that are granted to us through the gift of faith that we will be able to develop perseverance, hope, character, that the hope that we have won't disappoint us. Whoa, some of us are crying right now because so many people have disappointed us. People that we trusted with our time, our talent, our treasure, with our heart, and they've disappointed us. But God says this hope that I'm giving you through faith will never disappoint you. <laughs> I was praying and I asked God what all this meant. 
He said to me, if you can commit to faith, if you will commit to believing me in every promise, every word, every prophecy spoken over your life, he said, I'll make sure that you see it in this lifetime. I'll make sure that you live long enough to tell of my goodness and my kindness if you can commit to faith. He says, I'm going to give you what no one else can take away. I'm taking my time to get through this because I'm actually finished. I've been talking for about 45 minutes or so. He says, I'm going to give you what you need. You need the gift I gave you, the gift of faith. You need the gift I gave you to survive. You need faith. Saints of God, Lighthouse, friends and family, we need faith. Okay? It is the foundation, it's the core of this Christian walk that we have with God, but it is not limited to saying, I have faith because I believe in Jesus and all this other stuff. We, we have whitewashed it. We've made it of no effect. But the power of faith brings us into pure development. Our character, our hope, our ability to persevere, our faith, according to this text, is building patience. It says it helps us to learn to be patient. Be anxious for nothing. Be patient, knowing that whatever God said, it will come to pass. If you didn't learn anything else this month, if you didn't learn or hear anything else we've talked about through this series entitled, I'm Faith in It and I'm Finished, I promise, you should get a, it is well in my spirit. You should get a, it is well in your spirit. And make that declaration over everything that happens. Some of us deal with things daily. We deal with issues on a consistent basis, right? You wake up, you got a problem. By lunchtime, it's another problem. By the time you get to bed, something else doesn't happen. And then tomorrow comes and it's even worse than that. Some of us are so far from peace that it don't even feel obtainable, but the devil is alive. But if you can get a, it is well in your spirit. If you can get a consistent, it is well in your spirit. It's going to prove to hell that you can't be shaken, but it's going to prove to God that you believe him to make it well, even when it's not. We started this series and I quoted my uncle, Eric, who may be watching. And he would always say, you got to faith until you make it. That's what we got this theme this, this month. I'm faithing it. You know, I, I, I'm believing God. I'm not faking it. I'm really going to believe God for what I need him to do. I'm really going to believe God to show up for me because no one else can. There are certain, there are certain questions in my life that no one has the answer to but God. So I got to faith it until I make it. I have to believe God until I can get to the place in God that I'm at peace. But here's what happens. Peace is not the finality. Peace does not come after the trial. God says, I'm going to give you peace in it and walk with you through it so that by the time I deliver you out of it, you won't be worn out. You're going to go in the fire. God help me here. I'm trying to quit. But you won't smell like smoke. He says, I'm doing for you what no one else can. And I just need you to believe it. Faith got me right. <laughs> Y'all, listen, faith got me right. It made me right in the eyesight of God, but it's also giving me peace. It's also helping me persevere. It's also developing my character. It's also providing me a hope that won't disappoint. Faith is doing for me what nothing else has ever been able to do. And now I can experience the love of God through the spirit of God that's in me. I'm in the text. He said, you can experience the warmth of God's love through the Holy Spirit that rests inside of you. I'm done. I want you, this is your homework. I want you 
to cast down every negative thought, every demonic force, anything that does not sound like I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health and prosper even as you're sober. Anything that comes to mind that does not reflect that, cast it down. Anything that does not sound like what God said to you, cast it down. And start to speak faith. Start to speak over yourself. The promises of God. It's all in the book. Everything we need is in here. But we don't use it. We got Bibles on the computer. We got Bibles on our phones. We have physical Bibles. There are apps. There are social media platforms that only deal with scripture. The promises of God are everywhere. And we want to allow the temptation of the enemy to push us out of faith and direct us opposite of where God is. He says, cast down imaginations of every thought that tries to exalt itself above the power of God. You do not have to accept those light dimming thoughts. That negative self-talk, turn that off. Turn it off. It's not helping you. It's making you worse. Turn it off. Stop it. This ain't just for you. It's for me. It's for all of us that allow negativity to creep in, that we allow uh, 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 discouragement and disappointment to creep in and push the promises of God out of the way. Turn it off. I feel like Teddy, Teddy P. Turn them off. Y'all know this song. Turn it off. Stop allowing the enemy to distract you, to pull you out of promise, out of praise. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for your presence and for your power tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the gift of faith that's not only giving us peace but it's helping us to develop, grow, and mature. Thank you, Father God, for the revelation of your word, for the understanding of your plan and your purpose for our lives. Father, we understand that there are certain things that we are going to have to go through, but thank you for being with us in it. Thank you for helping us to persevere, to develop our character, to develop our patience. Thank you for the gift of hope that will not disappoint us. So, Father, in this moment, as we are committing to believe you, we pray that you would keep your commitment to us, to bless us, to provide for us, to protect us from danger seen and unseen. We cast all of our cares on you because you care for us. You are the Lord of our lives. You are our strength and our God. We trust you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight. I pray that you were blessed by the word of God, the teaching of God that we have tonight. I am extremely excited about the future of the Lighthouse Church, Charlotte, and everything that God is going to do for us and through this ministry. I gave you the opportunity a little earlier to give, and I want to I repeat those options for those of you that are giving. You can definitely do so via Cash App at Dollar Sign Lighthouse CLT. Uh, Givelify, the Lighthouse Church, Charlotte, uh, INC. The same for Zell, the Lighthouse Church, Charlotte, INC. Go to the website if that's easier for you, www.thelighthouseclt.com, and you can give there. Let, let me just say this to you before we go. Um, I did ask the Lord. Father, teach me and show me how to help the people of God to build their faith. And he said there are two main things that we can do. Two. There's more, but there's two. Read your word. Commit to prayer. Read your word and commit to prayer. The more you understand the scripture, the more you develop in the word, the closer you become to him. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. He is his word. If you want to get closer to God, if you want to understand him more, read your word. Get in your Bible. Find scriptures. 
If you want to do it topical, if you want to start a reading plan in your Bible app on your phone, get back to that. But then also commit to prayer. We can get off of TV, YouTube, TikTok, and everything else that we look at on a consistent basis and pray. Get back in fellowship and communication with God. That's what's going to build your faith. I said, how do we build faith? How do we strengthen our faith? Because he told me that this gift of faith is a gift, but you have to manage it and maintain it. I said, how do we manage faith? How do we maintain faith? He said, read your word. Commit to prayer. You talk to everybody else, talk to me. How much uses is on your phone and your Bible is collecting dust? Commit to being back in relationship with me. And as you develop and as you strengthen in those areas, I will strengthen you. That's what I want to tell you. So those are the giving options. I want to give you that opportunity to give and to sow tonight. Uh, be a blessing to the ministry. I don't tax the people of God and I have not. And maybe I should, but I won't. I want you to feel free to give liberally as the Lord has given to you. Um, we understand that the tithe is 10% of, of what you earn if you work. You owe God 10%. He says that 10%, that little bit, is going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'm going to let you live off the 90, and I'm going to bless that 90, but I want you to give it. So if it's your time, it's your season to sow uh, your tithe and your offering, we believe that your offering should be equal to or greater than your tithe so that we can produce and do ministry in the way that is most effective and we can develop in the area of community. Please join us Wednesday morning for prayer and impartation at 7 a.m. Um, and we will be back at the hotel, Lord willing, next Monday night. God bless you all. Have a great night. Again, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this moment of word and worship.